dig this. First 125 Moro here from Grundahl. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Justified Cultures, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fly racing, Bill's Pipes, W Wheels, Maxima USA, Moto Ice Wrap, 100% Goggles, and Moto Stuff make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing and Justified Cultures. You can head over to justifiedcultures.com right now and throw in discount code BIGMX17 to receive 30% off your order. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt, but with me on the line, we've got a very special guest, goes by the name of Kyle Hangos. Kyle, how's it going this afternoon? What's up, Brad? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Awesome, man. Great to hear you uh, on the phone and uh, and finally connect with you. Uh, honestly, it, it's uh, it's become uh, a bit of a uh, uh, a chess match between the two of us and how we're gonna line up those uh, those schedules because uh, you've got a pretty interesting work schedule and uh, and I've got some really short days uh, of of availability here in Manitoba. But uh, we were able to lock things down and uh, surprisingly enough, you were easier to get a hold of than Tyler Villapoto. So uh, the, that's a check mark in your column, my friend. Yeah, man, I'm I'm pumped to be on the show. I uh, I know we got totally completely different schedules, but. Uh... Yeah, pumped to be on, and like you said, you're laying bricks all day, and I actually work nights, so, you know, I'm up at 10, 10 at night working, get out at 7 in the morning, and then, you know, that's my sleep time, but uh, yeah, finally connected, I'm, I'm excited. Awesome, man. Well, like uh, we're definitely uh, pushing your version of the midnight oil, uh, keeping you up till, uh, till noon on, uh, I don't know if you, do you, do you work uh, this evening? Yeah, I got to work tonight. So, yeah, right now it's probably about dinner time for me. I'll probably, once we're done with this, I'll probably eat something and crash out and wake up in a few hours and hit it again. Perfect. Well, uh, in that few hours after you uh, take a little cat nap to re-energize, most likely this podcast will be available both on the podcast app on your iPhone or Android device, as well as uh, BigMXRadio.com. And uh, so before uh, we dive too far into this, uh, introduce yourself to the listeners a little bit uh, Who and uh, answer the, the age-old question of who the fuck is <laughs> Kyle Hangos. <laughs> All right, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just a guy. You know, I live in Massachusetts. Um I live in Hopkinton, right where the the Boston Marathon actually starts. Oh, really? um, I'm 26. I, uh, you know, I grew up racing moto against the Whippa. Uh, what's that? Did you race against the Whippa? The Whippa, Jimmy D. <laughs> Dude, Jimmy D's one of my good friends. I grew oh, right up on. with him. 
He's raced my motorcycle. I heard about that. Yeah, up there in Canada, right? Yeah, he went six for six on one of my on uh, my KX two fifty two stroke on an impromptu uh, Manitoba race. It was pretty pretty spectacular. No way, he raced the KX two fifty. Yeah, man. Wow, that's awesome. I'll send you some pictures. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, yeah, keep, Jimmy, keep going. Yeah, Jimmy's my buddy. We uh, grew up racing since we were five years old, and every weekend we'd hang out at the track and. On the off weekends, I'd hang out with his family and, you know, we'd go riding somewhere every weekend and, you know, they're really cool people. Jimmy's a good kid and, yeah, pumped to see him doing good. Absolutely, man. But, uh, it's, uh, to, to get that op- a second opportunity with a team is uh, not, uh, the same team, is not something you see too often in motocross and uh, especially when, when injuries are involved. But uh, Jimmy's been able to etch out himself a, a, little, uh, a little spot on that Geico team and uh, looks like he'll be uh, racing, um, racing West Coast Supercross all over again and uh and doing his thing and uh it's really cool to see and in fact i i, I want to think that uh uh giving that up him up the opportunity on to to rip on my bike was uh, a huge benefit to him because uh that that really put him on the map again oh you no doubt ride that kx250 skyrocketed his career Oh, for sure. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that, and he would probably never admit this to anybody, but uh, the the kid went out on the bike. He had ridden it one day prior to uh, to, to racing it, and uh, there's this big bull berm at the the track that we went to, and uh, he was just kind of plunking along, uh, getting used to the bike, and like just kind of, like he was riding like I honestly like so really really slowly just to kind of like feel out the bike. All of a sudden, he gets to the top of the bull berm. And the bike just tips over, and he fell. It, like he, he just like about a about a straightaway into it. He fell down because he couldn't touch the ground because it's uh, a full size motorcycle. So that that was that was a, a not so great start to the uh, to the day for Jimmy. But uh, he ended up going six for six. So uh, he figured it out in in uh, in, a, in a pretty quick manner. Right, the kid's got so much natural talent, you know. But yeah, you put put your foot out in a hole, he's going down. Absolute. So, uh, what, what, what's your, your best Jimmy D story over the years? Uh, I, I, I imagine that you've got uh, a ton of them. Oh man. Um, hmm. honestly, I couldn't pick one. Um, I know this one story we were, uh, we were riding pit bikes at my buddy's house and, uh, I was on an XR 100. My buddy was on an XR 100 and Jimmy was on an XR 50 and we come into this corner, my buddy's in front of Jimmy, I'm behind Jimmy, my buddy brake checks Jimmy, he rides into him, and I slam into Jimmy and end up breaking his ankle. Oh, no. So he's screaming and crying, so we run into the house, and he's like, grab the frozen peas, grab the frozen peas. So we put it, put that on his ankle, bring the swelling down. But, I mean, that's just one. I got tons of Jimmy D stories. I could go on forever. Fair enough. Well, let's let's hear about uh, your racing success, my friend, because you are uh, a, uh, honestly one of the fastest fans of of Big MX Radio, uh, and uh, you, you've listened to a, a lot of the podcasts. But you also twist the throttle in, in a pretty impressive way on, uh, like, well, honestly, a whole lot more than I do. Uh, whether it be on a, a 1998 RM125 or uh, one of the, your various uh, the You've got, I believe, a 252-stroke as well, correct? Yeah, I got a 
I got two YZ two fifty two strokes. Holy shit! So like, because you do moto as well as uh, as woods, correct? Yeah. Well, I Off-road. I grew up racing moto, mm-hmm. and um, for you know, I I started racing when I was five. And, um, ended up taking some time off the bike. And when I got back, I was just looking for something different, kind of sick of the same, same old moto scene. I'm sure it's like that in Canada too. You ride the same old series and same old courses every weekend. You get the same old breaking bumps, you know? Um, so yeah, just when I came back, the JD off road series was starting up and, uh, went and watched one of those and, you know, was hooked, and I just had to do it, and, you know, I've been doing the day days ever since. And uh, and, and as recently as this year, you've got a, a number one on the front of this, uh, this YZ125. Uh, how does somebody <laughs> acquire a, a number one on a, on a YZ125? On YZ the YZ. Yeah. No, the one looks good on there. Um, so what... I think the J-Day series is like the only series around where you can race purely 125 two-strokes. Nice. Um, They have a 125 pro class, so it's you'll get like 20 dudes on there lined up on 125 two-strokes ready to battle. That's not. There's nothing better than that. No, it's it's unreal. It's so fun. So I've been doing the 125 pro class plus the the regular double a open pro class and uh I, yeah i've won that 125 championship three years in a row and Chiller. a lot of fast dudes, but i was yeah, gonna say there's some fast play. dudes that you're beating no doubt and you're not even a small guy really like i don't know like you don't look you're you're probably what like 511 uh probably five eight five nine oh, okay probably Fair perfect enough. size for 125 yeah actually yeah you're 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 bang on, man. That's that's cool. And you're you ripped that thing. Like uh, I, for anyone who hasn't already done so, go uh, go check out K Hang Forty Two on uh, on uh, on Instagram and and give him a follow. One of the few uh, motocross uh, accounts that I, I do follow on Instagram. And uh, honestly, it's it's a great follow. You're 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 always posting cool photos of either riding or uh, some edits and stuff like that. It's really cool. Yeah, man, go follow Khang42 on Instagram and Kyle Hangos on Facebook, and I try to try to post stuff all the time. And I'm always doing cool races and fairground Supercross races, so you know, just try to keep it interesting. No doubt. Well, uh, how many laps do you think you've cut at the the vaunted uh, Southwick? Oh, geez, probably thousands. The Wick. The Wick. Yep. Oh fuck! Love God. that place. And uh, so growing up, honestly, we probably had a very similar idol in the fact that uh, Mike Treadwell used to come up and race those uh, Canadian Nationals, and uh, I, I used to absolutely love watching that guy ride, and it's somebody that you looked up to as well, kind of a cool connection. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's awesome that you you idolized him. He was my hero growing up. Now I race against him 20 years later. Did he race on a 125? Um, I think when I was... When I was a teenager in NESC motocross, we probably battled on 125s for a little bit. That's cool. Battling um, with Treadhead. Yeah, man. I, I actually got a funny story about Treadwell when I was a young kid. Go for it. So, 
it was up in Maine for, uh, I think it was the Silver Cup at Bull Run. It was like a big money race to have every year. And, uh, you know, Tread's like my hero. So he's out on the track, and me and my buddies are playing, watching him race. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to see if I can get his jersey or a pair of his goggles. So me and my buddy run over to his van while he's still racing, and he had all his goggles lined up on the back of his van. So I think I grabbed, like, two pairs of goggles and a jersey, and I stole his goggles pretty much. And, uh, you know, I go run over to my dad. I'm like, look, I got Tread's goggles. I got Tread's goggles. My dad's flipping out. He's like, you got to go bring that stuff back. So long story short, I brought the stuff back, and, you know, Tread wasn't mad or anything, but he ended up giving me a jersey, so I was pumped. There you go. You got like you, you got the the Treadwell jersey uh, still in your uh, in your home uh, where you live. Dude, it's in my gear bag. It's like a nice thick cloth one, so I use it during the winter. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. I I love those old thick uh, like the the cotton jerseys from back in the day. Uh, the first jersey I ever had was cotton, and honestly, like if if it still fit me, I would totally rock that thing on uh, on a regular basis. Might have to uh, maybe see if I can get like a custom jersey made of like cotton, and uh, and see if I can throw it back or something like that. It's actually a great idea. I'm gonna have to write that down. Oh yeah, no doubt. Although in the summer, you might have to cut some slits in it to let some air get in there. Those things are hot in the summer. Oh, absolutely. And like that, that, that would be the old, like you couldn't just go with like a rented regular vented Jersey. You'd have to just cut the, 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 the perforated holes like they used to back in the day with the, uh, uh, the, the McGrath years and, uh, and Emig and stuff like that. Yeah, yep, exactly. It's actually interesting that, uh, in, in throughout the nineties, like the, the material that's been breathable. And honestly, if you look at some of the jerseys from like the seventies and the eighties, like they have a lot of like vented, almost like uh, football Jersey style, uh, cloth. And then throughout the nineties, they're like, nah, let's go cotton. I don't like, I, I, I don't understand the cotton thing. The fact that it fades, it's hot, it's heavy. Like I, that, that will always vex me. The fact that, uh, for, for, for at least a 10 year period of time, motocross decided to go full cotton. I know. Right. Figure that one out. Like I got a Jersey from the seventies, one of my dad's old jerseys and it's yeah, legit. Here. It's silk. It's, yeah. it's breathable. And then they go back to the cloth. No doubt. And uh, aren't you glad that but the the set, the jerseys from the seventies were a little bit more form fitting that uh, guys like you or I can uh, can can now wear like a, a large or, or an extra large jersey and, and have a little bit of uh, loose fabric around us because uh, uh, I think I'd be showing off a little bit too much in one of my old my old man's old jerseys. <laughs> right? Yeah, they are tight. They were tight back then for sure. What uh, what era did your dad race in? What kind of motorcycles did he race? Yeah, my dad raced from, I want to say, 79 to 05. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he was he was pretty good. He made, like, uh, amateur. He was a good amateur rider. Nice. Um, he raced RM250s pretty much his whole life. He was a Suzuki man. There you go. Well, my, our, our dads definitely both had uh, Suzuki RM250s then in 1979. So uh, more <laughs> connections. The world is smaller than we think it is, and uh, it, it, the, the connections continue to grow. Um, 
You'd mentioned that you you've gone over to uh, the the off road side of things as far as your racing because uh, for, for for a competition standpoint, but uh, as far as um, like what what you watch and what you you keep tabs on for professional racing, where does that stand for you? Do you watch mostly motocross stuff, supercross stuff? Do you keep your 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 thumb on the pulse of uh, of things off road, or is it anything two wheels for you? Um, pretty much anything two wheels, but I would say I follow more the, the pro motocross and supercross and, um, I follow that stuff more than anything, but, you know, I'll keep tabs on like the GNCCs and, um, you know, the ISDE, I'm watching that pretty close. want to see how those guys do. I actually got a bunch of New England guys up there right now representing, um, Josh Toth and Ben Kelly and Jason Clammer. But, uh, no, just the pro motocross stuff is always just kind of, it's been my thing. I love it so much. So how, how excited were you to have, uh, Southwick come back this year? And did you, did you attend that event? Oh, man, so pumped that's back. I'm, I'm just hoping it's back next year. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I, uh, I, I tried so hard to get my pro license for that event. Um, I had a pro license for like four years back in the day and, um, didn't renew it for a while, so I lost it. And um, I w- so this year I ended up flagging the event, which was really cool. And um, it burned me up to sit there on the sidelines and watch watch all my buddies out there trying to qualify. And so, doing uh, well to qualify. Who was that that uh, that went ended up fifth overall? Um, Marshall. Right, ah, Robbie Marshall. Gotta get. I gotta I'm get the- him on this show. Dude, yeah, he was on the two-stroke too. Yeah, man, two fifty-two yeah, smoker, two thousand sixteen edition. Not even, uh, not even a seventeen. No, nope. yeah, oh sixteen, he killed it. Yeah, he was, and that that bike was looking crisp. <laughs> yeah, it was. So, um, th- for next year, I'm definitely getting my pro license back, and you will see me at the wick, no doubt. Fair enough. We'll we'll have to uh, we'll, we'll have to put something together for that. Whether or not I, I can actually be in attendance is, is one thing, but uh, maybe uh, maybe some special one off gear is uh, is is in uh, is in the cards. Dude, yes, absolutely. Right on, man. Well, uh, like, um, give give us a little bit of an insight into um, your your riding schedule. How often you're able to ride, and uh, and what what it means when uh, when winter comes and uh, you're not able to uh, to get back to be on the bike as often as you'd like to be. Yeah, so because I work nights, I um I usually try and ride twice a week. Maybe I'll I'll get out of work in the morning and I'll try and go blast some motos, you know, before the afternoon comes, and then I'll go to sleep, but. It, it's tough with the night schedule. It really is, but you know I make the best of it. And um, once winter comes, it's tough. So I mean, you know, living up there in Canada. Oh yeah. Once once winter comes, it's like a whole different ball game. Your mindset just instantly changes, and you kind of go into hibernation mode. Yeah, you just mostly just uh, uh, accept the fact that you're not going to be on two wheels for us. It's better part of five months, honestly, and you just kind of yeah you realize that uh, you got a whole lot more money in your wallet than you used to, which is weird. Uh, <laughs> you can't quite explain it, uh, and then you realize that you're not spending 140 bucks every weekend uh, riding, uh, going off to a, a track or something like that. But um, 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's um, it, like, honestly, I, I start, uh, I honestly, I'm able to do a whole lot more podcasts because uh, my, my, the, the evenings that I would have gone riding, I ended up not going riding. So I get to call up guys like yourself or, uh, or, or some of the other uh, Supercross guys and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, we get some serious cold here, man. And uh, yeah, you're right. The, the focus changes. Uh, I, I, I've played hockey since the, since the age of uh, four. So uh, my, my, my focus kind of goes to that a little bit, but, uh, but it's still honestly like uh, there isn't a single day that goes by that I don't have dirt bikes in my head mm. yeah that is good that you have hockey though it's kind of like your second dirt bike almost pretty much it's like it's it's almost as close to riding dirt bikes as i can be but the thing is is that like i always tell people scoring a goal in hockey is like riding a dirt bike but when you're riding a dirt bike you're literally riding the dirt bike the entire time like when <laughs> you might only score one goal a game so in an entire game, you're only going to meet that like that feeling once. Whereas with dirt bikes, you just as soon as you kick that thing over uh, and roll out onto the track, like there's there's nothing quite like it. And uh, this last weekend on Saturday, I was able to ride one of my favorite tracks, and like everything was on point. The bike was riding good. The track was the just the right kind of moisture. And uh, like honestly, um, Saturday this last Saturday was like kind of a dream ride for me. That was pretty cool. Dude, that's great. Those, that, those are the best days when everything clicks, the weather's perfect, you're riding good. Those are the best days. Totally. And and uh, fortunately for uh, for myself, they uh, I, I seem to be able to find uh, um, a lot of a lot of those days. So uh, motocross is a is a really cool thing for me. Um, but uh, let's let's talk a little bit about um, your your passion for motocross and, uh, and, and how that has basically shaped your, uh, like what, what does, what does motocross mean to you and, uh, and, and what kind of enjoyment you get out of it? Well, first I was going to say, I don't know. You guys get a lot of snow up there, but oh, yes. down here, de- depending on how mild the winter is, we can, uh, I've been doing this last two winters, been throwing spikes in the tires and doing some snow riding. I don't know if you guys get to do that at all. We do ice riding because we have we have hundred thousand lakes here in Manitoba, so uh, we have lots of opportunity to uh, to ride um, to ride the uh, the tracks like, or like not the tracks but the uh, on the ice here in Manitoba. So we do the spikes as well. I I personally uh, have not done the spikes yet, but uh, maybe I should. Mm. Mm, yeah, dude, I advise it. I advise you get some some nice long spikes and. <laughs> Go find some nice trails and just go cut it in for a day. It's un- it's so much fun. Well, I'll, have to, I'll, I'll have to look into that as the as the weather gets colder and colder here. Um, but back back to my question is uh, like, what does motocross mean to you, and why are you so addicted to it? I don't know, man. Like I said, it's just it's it's in my blood. I've been doing it since I was five, and to me, it's just it's a lifestyle. I I wouldn't have it any other way. It's like everything revolves around dirt bikes. Even if you're working or if you're in a relationship or whatever you're doing, your your head is always wrapped around dirt bikes some way or another. Making and, dirt bike sounds when you're like just doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, I do it still to this day. Everybody um, does. So keep, keep yeah. going, my friend. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, 
No, it's all right. Um, but yeah, just for me, it's been so positive in my life. It's been such a positive thing for me, you know, with structure and teaching you determination and, you know, being strong and, um, you know, the past couple of years, it's actually helped me pay bills. Um, it's been a pretty good income during the summer, which has been awesome. Um, and from riding I mean, the people, yeah, riding, racing, is, nice. you spend money, but you know, you can make some on the weekends and it kind of offsets what you spend. It works out. Fair enough. Uh, uh, do you do any schools or anything like that as well to, uh, to supplement that? Actually, now that you mention it, I have been getting into some classes uh, here and there. Um, I did a couple uh, one-on-ones. I do some group group lessons. Um, that's that's always a, a good thing. Fair enough. So, uh, what uh, what's the most rewarding thing about uh, working with young kids and uh, and getting better at that? Oh, it's got to be when you get a group of kids, or you're doing one-on-ones and you can tell the kid has maybe some bad habits um, to, to teach him for a day. And if he learns one thing and, and figures it out during that day, I think that's, that's the most rewarding thing is seeing him get, get better and improve. For sure. Like that aha moment when you see a kid riding and all of a sudden they like, they, they just, it just clicks with them and they're able to, uh, to put something special together. That's uh, there, there's not, there's nothing quite like that. Yeah, exactly. It shows that he listens and, and shows that I know what I'm talking about and he can use it now and he can take that and move forward with it and build off it. So it's great. Absolute. So uh, what's, uh, as far as um, like some of the, the ages of some of the kids that you've worked with, mostly younger kids or do you have uh, some big kids as well or even some adults? I got some I got some uh some older kids interested. I got some adults that message me, but um mostly younger kids, like kids on 80s that I've worked with, 80s and 65s usually. Fair enough. So, uh what would you say is the current state of uh of off-road and motocross in the state of of Massachusetts? Uh obviously you've been racing for a long period of time, so you've uh you've seen some highs and lows as far as attendance to the races. Where are things in 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 Mass right now? Um they're not too bad. It's pretty good. Um you know, obviously it nothing beats the 90s, 80s and 90s obviously, but uh I mean, I think, <coughs> I think, um, you know, early, to, early 2000s was good, but right now it's not bad. It, it kind of plateaued, you know, a couple of years ago. And right now it, it seems like it's picking up a little more and you're seeing more kids get into it, at least in, in New England. So what, uh, like people more getting into off-road or more people coming, uh, get, getting on dirt bikes in general? Because personally, I've noticed in Manitoba uh, a rise in people riding off-road and a decline in people riding moto. Yeah, man, I, I hate to say it, but I, it's the same here. It seems like more people are getting into off-road. Just like, uh, why do you think that that is? Just uh, that, uh, honestly, two strokes are uh, more useful uh, on an off-road setting. Uh, there's less of an investment as far as uh, like just like building a uh, like a, uh, a lethal uh, four-stroke or a race bike for for moto. Like, what's what, what do you think attributes to that? Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. I think 
you know, it's so easy to to buy a cheap two-stroke off Craigslist and you can go out with your buddies riding in the woods and, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. So I think, I think that's part of it. And, you know, at least here in New England, you've got the, the J-Day series, which is so appealing to, to the younger kids and, and it's a great time. So I think most of it is, you know, all the kids are, are looking for that off-road thing now. And in motocross in New England, it, it doesn't have as good promotion as it used to. And in the off-road side is really blowing up with promotion. And it's just a bigger scene right now. And I think that's where the, the kids are gravitating towards. Oh, for sure, and and uh, the and the parent the parents take them there because they know that honestly, uh, like in in Manitoba, it comes down to uh, the the off road series is a little bit more relaxed as far as the atmosphere. The races, like uh, in if you're at a motocross race in Manitoba, you have riders media at seven thirty, uh, sign ins from six o'clock in the morning till seven. Uh, your your motos start immediately at eight o'clock, and you're basically racing nonstop till six p.m. Whereas uh, in in the off road series, I think they have riders meeting at nine. Their first moto drops at around eleven o'clock, and then they're out of there by four. So like it's it's a way shorter day, and uh, it's more like kind of family friendly, and uh, that's really what's hitting home with people. As well as you can go out there and 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 honestly. Two thousand dollars for a Craig, Craigslist or a eBay uh, two-stroke. You put some wheels, chains, sprockets, plastics, uh, and tires on those things, and uh, you got yourself a pretty lethal uh, machine as long as the uh, as the motor's in good condition. <laughs> you nailed it! Like Craigslist, you can get a nice KDX two hundred, some some old work boots, helmet, and that thing's lethal in the woods. There you go. Let's like uh, I gotta come down to Massachusetts and and, uh, and rip some trails with you, my friend. Dude, anytime. That'd be awesome. I got tons of trails. Perfect. So, um, as far as uh, like the the motocross scene in in Mass- Massachusetts has always been world renowned. Guys like Scotty Carter and uh, uh, Bear Dog, uh, uh, Big Boar Barry Carston. Uh, who are who's like kind of like the if there was a Mount Rushmore of Massachusetts Moto, who's who's on that? Hmm. Well, let's see. Uh, obviously, you got Tread, um, he- Doug Henry, obviously. Yeah. Um, John Dowd, um, JoJo Keller is a New England legend. Of course, Everybody yeah, knows yeah. JoJo. Um, you know, just the locals: Carter, Pat Barton. Keith Johnson, who actually runs Southwick now. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a few more. I mean, it's pretty, pretty big list of guys that were pretty influential around these parts. So, how young were you when you got a uh, a full blown sand tire to ride Southwick with? <laughs> Honestly, I think I was I was a teenager. I think I was like 17 years old when they 16 when they came out with those sand tires. And you start. Like just ripping the sand on uh, just being a sand monster. Eventually, looking forward to uh, to racing it as a pro. Which um, by hook or by crook, I hope to hear that you're you're doing exactly that uh, in about seven months' time. I hope so too. I uh, I tried qualifying for Southwick back in oh 
think, 09, and I was on an RM252 stroke. Good Lord. And uh, I just I just came off the couch. I wasn't really riding that good, and I just missed the qualifying time by like a thousand, ten thousandths or something like that. Wow. Yeah, it was close. It was close. Off the but... couch, just about made it into the motos. I got to think with some training, you'd be uh, you'd be well in there. Yeah, man, definitely. That's what I'm looking forward to next year. All right on. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Button, former factory Supercross rider. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to take it to a commercial, and we'll be right back. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live-what-you-love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Maddie Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffay, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Culture's clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day, so we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. This is a test of your racersindex.com awareness. This was a test to see if you're ready to be found at racersindex.com. Supercross and Arena Cross are coming up. Now is the time to secure your position on a team. Mechanics, models, riders, flaggers, team owners, production specialists, anything related to racing. Be found at racersindex.com. Click it for your ticket to be found and become part of the racing industry. Racersindex.com, your ultimate race production resource. Visit racersindex.com now. When it's time to turn heads... Spokeskins has you covered. Whether it's dirt bikes, street bikes, or bicycles, nobody does it better than Spokeskins. Mix and match your spokes, or go with the same color all the way around. Either way, Spokeskins is the way to go to customize the look of your bike. Uniting off-road riders on every end of the budget spectrum, Spokeskins is aimed at giving you the custom look without the custom price tag. If you're looking to set your bike apart from the rest of the herd, turn some heads and be able to change your bike's look on the fly, head to spokeskins.net. They don't just have spokeskins on their website. They've got more. New products are being added all the time, like the Motul Slacker Digital Sag Scale, and just recently, Galfer Off-Road Series Rear Brake Lines, Oversized Rotor Kit, and Front Brake Lines as well. So do what I did. Head to spokeskins.net today, place your order, and get set up to turn some heads out there. Spokeskins, we've got you covered. 100% equals everything. When you give everything, you do not save anything for later. Do not relax. Do not take a break to catch your breath. Give everything you've got from start to finish. You leave it all on the track. It is very rare that a logo or saying becomes so strong that Hall of Fame athletes choose to run it 
without any agents or contracts or business discussed. Question is, how much do you give? If you give 100% on the track, shouldn't your goggles? Whether you choose the Racecraft, the Acuri, the Strata, or the Barstow, 100% Goggles has the right goggle to give you 100% every time you ride. With great accessories like the Forecast film system, endless goggle lenses, 100% goggles simply can't be beat. You can find it all on www.ride100percent.com. That's www.ride100percent.com. Go there and join the 100% family. RacersIndex.com is your ultimate race production resource. From the starting line of production to the finish line of winning, RacersIndex.com is your go-to resource to be a part of or produce a checkered flag winning event. The professional's place to find work and workers, rides and riders, and more. If you need it to make your race event happen, it's happening at RacersIndex.com. If you want to be a part of the racing world, join the RacersIndex.com team today. If you need people on your team, you can find them at RacersIndex.com. Log on now and find what you need, who you need, and anything needed for two-wheel or four-wheel racing. Log on if you're a mechanic, model, rider, flagger, caterer, sound engineer, team owner, production specialist, or anything related to racing. Find all people, places, and things racing all at racersindex.com. From dirt to the track, from desert to the drag strip, racersindex.com is your ultimate race resource. Click it for your ticket to all things racing. Racersindex.com. Deft Family Gloves. Deft means showing cleverness and skill in handling things. What you want to see in football and basketball is some deft handling of the ball. Some people are physically deft, like accomplished athletes. So uh, let, let's get into some bench racing questions, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. So that we can let you get, you get, get some food in you and then uh, rest up so you can... Uh, uh, make all those shelves at your grocery store look uh pristine <laughs> so uh i got it like being you are an american citizen i'm canadian um but uh honestly uh as much as team canada had an amazing effort this last uh this last weekend or uh, two weekends ago at uh in in italy um i find myself most interested in how the american team does and uh, i for one was um disappointed in both Eli Tomac and Ryan Dungey for opting to uh, bow out of uh, of the motocross nations. What do you say, my friend? Well, I'm glad you said it first because I kind of feel the same way. I uh, it's I I could care less what they do, but but honestly, it's does nations. I know they they race a lot, but ugh, it does nations. I feel like they could have they could have done something to get out there, and I I just wish they wanted to do it more. Yeah, like, totally. It's uh, that's exactly what the like. It's it, it. I wish the that trophy had more clout or maybe more, held more weight with the current athletes because uh, it it feels like back in the day, like guys like Bailey and O'Mara and Ward and and uh, Jeff Emig, like they went over to win that 
trophy because that was a trophy that they wanted to win and no one would give up the opportunity to not win one you know what i mean like it's uh it's it's like uh the kind of the holy grail as far as motocross goes and now i don't feel like it's it's valued that same way and that's what allows guys to say "Mm, not that one right yeah that was the thing you know going to the destinations representing your country and and doing good and in winning that was the thing and now it seems like these guys, I don't know if it's the new generation or if it's the teams or promoters, sponsors, whatever it is, these guys are, they're not into it or maybe they are and they just, you know, I don't know what it is, man, but it, it bums me out because I know if I got that chance, I'd be there in a second. Damn right. Uh, it just it seems, it seems automatic, but, uh, um, in, in your, in your history of, uh, of watching the, the destinations and stuff like that, the historic teams, the, even, uh, going back to, uh, Pastrana, Hughes and, and Carmichael, uh, safe to say that given the opportunity that, uh, you'd, you'd be over there lock, stock and barrel, you'd pay your own damn way. Damn straight. Like those are the times I remember Pastrana going over there with Carmichael and just Pastrana whooping up on those guys and battling with Langston and. Jump, so jumping memorable. over Fonseca down the hill. Yeah, jumping past them. It was great. It's it's so memorable, and it's just so nostalgic and cool that, I don't know, it's missing that, that coolness to it. You got to get that back. So, um, like, basically, is that something that you would say is uh, kind of a blanketed um, opinion of all of all or American motocross fans that mostly just disappointed to see that uh, Ryan Dungey, uh, six days removed, or I mean, I guess it's two weeks now removed from uh, uh, motocross to nations, is uh, is going to be racing the uh, this like manufacturers cup, which uh, is I guess uh, he's been pressured to do, getting paid more money to do uh, this this weekend in Germany, which uh, basically involved the same amount of travel as uh, as Majora would have. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you know, all the Americans, they want to have that, that bummed feeling. They are bummed about it, but they don't want to say anything because they don't want to be that, that one to, to say, oh, well, Dungy's a puss or this or that, but now he's going to do this this race over there and what what is this race anyway the smx cup the smx cup it's uh basically the it's an indoor version of uh it's a, i guess it's similar to more across the nations as far as format each manufacturer has three athletes i believe uh so it's not it's not uh countries represented it's uh manufacturers represented so i guess there's six different manufacturers and uh each one has three guys and they all race and figure out who's got the best athletes i suppose based on their total scores uh which i uh, like we, we all know it's it's bike or it's, it's rider over bike so it doesn't really matter but um yeah mm. it's it, it's just i i suppose it's super cross e uh i i'm not entirely sure but uh I, i'm interested to see what it, what it'll look like but overall i just i, I can't imagine a guy like uh ryan dungey like feeling like uh like it's got there's got to be more coming going on behind the scenes when he when a guy like that would think that 
uh, racing this SMX Cup, a one-off, never-raced-before event, uh, would stand to have more value or more uh, hold more weight than uh, the motocross to nations. Right, exactly. And yeah, he's been riding. You, see, you can't say he hasn't been riding. Anyone who's uh, like live on social media uh, can see that the guy's been uh, on the bike and, and doing stuff for a long period of time since his injury. Like uh, He's all systems go. And like honestly, if he's even been pre- preparing for this SMX Cup, He's been like he's been 100% for at least two, three weeks preparing for it. So, like, the, you can't say the guy wouldn't have been able to, to do uh, more cross nations. I, for one, just disappointed. I guess I, I, I like to see the best athletes win. You know what I mean? Like, when, when, uh, when, regardless of what, what championship is won or, or what, what event is won, I want to see the best athletes do so. Right, exactly. You know, he, he could have done the designations and killed it. Yeah. doing all that training you know there's outside sources you know telling him that he's got to do this smx cup but he can't do destinations yeah it's definitely a bummer for sure now let, let's move on to uh some guys that are changing uh location and that uh is none other than uh uh ken roxon has recently signed and uh, we'll be racing in two weeks time at the Monster Energy Cup on a Honda, what do you take of that uh, that move, and uh, what do you, what do you think were some of his reasons for uh, wanting to uh, up and leave the RCH team in, in search of uh, the, the friendly confines of Honda? Yeah, I think Roxon's going to kill it on the Honda. He's been riding on such a high lately that I think he's going to do fine on the thing. But uh, I I don't think that he wanted to switch from RCH just because of the bikes or or what happened. I think the switch was made so, so long ago that once he got the bike dialed, it was, you know, his decision was already made, but, um, yeah, I, I think he's going to do fine on the Honda. And I, I think it's a great fit, but besides him being kind of like a free spirit and Honda being pretty corporate and, and buttoned down, I, I think it's a great fit. I think the bikes, the technology, it's, it's only going to take them further. Totally. I think uh, good mindset and some confidence is lethal in the hands of any accomplished motocross racer. And uh, like just by listening to, uh, to to Ken on the on the Pulp MX show last week, sounds like a guy who's just uh, he's got a little bit of a spring in his step, and he uh, he's, he's ready to uh, take care of business. So uh, I think uh, some some pretty uh, some good good uh, good results coming in quick. For uh, for Ken Roxon, what do you take? What what's your take on uh, on Trey Kennard going over to the orange orange bikes? Is that just uh, needed a new uh, new scenery, uh, change things up, or uh, like was the was a Honda really that much of a problem for him? Hmm, I don't know, man. I'm I'm not really sure on that. Um, I don't know. I, he's been with Honda so long. Maybe, yeah, maybe he just needed a a change of pace. Um. Yeah, I, I think he's going to fit in great with the, the KTM team. So, uh, like, uh, obviously, he's going to be running the uh, the Red Bull helmet. What's uh, what, what's your uh, your take on basically the the style of a guy like uh, of, of Trey Kennard and and some of the gear that he wears? Of course, he's a fly athlete, which uh, we're all big fans of. Oh, of course, um, I, it's all right, I guess. I mean, I think I think that KTM Red Bull look is kind of 
it's pretty generic now. It's all the same. Um, I wish it was a little more, you know, flashy or I wish they could switch it up a little bit, but yeah. I don't know. I think he's going to look good in it. Fair enough. Well, uh, I know you, you, you seem to be an MSR guy, but, and that is very, uh, very woods of you, but, uh, <laughs> we, might, we might have to, uh, see what we can do about Dale Spangler, uh, dressing you up in some, uh, some fly stuff, uh, for 2017. Mm, you might have to take that up for them. <laughs> we, we shall see, but uh, um, what's uh, w- w- like when it comes to a guy like Trey? And I'd love to get your take on this: is the fact that like you're going back f- three or four years ago, Trey Kennard was uh, was flashy. He was aggressive. He ca- every time he came back from injury, he was like he just somehow came back faster. He had this ability to do things on a motorcycle that would absolutely uh, amaze and uh, and people were just in awe of what he could do. He scrubbed like nobody else. But I feel like uh, like like all um, uh, aging motocross racers, and I guess maybe he's a little bit older than some of us really realize. He turned pro in two thousand seven. Uh, it seems like there's been a little, a couple miles an hour come off his fastball recently. And why do you think that that is? Is, is it a combination of the of the uh, of his age and the injuries? Is it mostly the injuries, or is it uh, just a little bit gun shy now? The fact that he's uh, um, a kind of a combination of all those things. I think you just said it. I think it's a combination of all that stuff. He's, you know, he's older now. I mean, he's got to be what, twenty six, twenty seven. Got to be. Yeah, he's, I, I imagine uh, he would have been sixteen in two thousand and seven. So does that line up when you would have been sixteen? I was seventeen in oh seven. So yeah, he he's, tw- he's yeah. about twenty seven right now. Yeah. So, uh, and that's like as far as motocross goes. Well, like. Ricky Carmichael uh, called it a career at that age, uh, yep. and uh, and many other guys did the same. Uh, so uh, maybe it's not too much of a surprise to see him uh, kind of, like I said, take a little bit of the fa- uh, a few miles an hour off that fastball. Yeah, he's he's been doing it all this time, and it's like how many times can you come back from injury and still push those boundaries and and be that same fast guy? It's I think it takes a toll on you doing the same thing year after year. It's at that that level, because I know me personally being not even close to his level, but doing it year after year, getting a year older, it's it, you know you definitely get gun shy. But I mean, especially when you gotta go to work it, on Monday. When you gotta work on Monday, exactly. It's always in the back of your mind. But, I, I we always joke at the track that uh, there should be. Uh, uh, A, B, C, and work on Monday class. <laughs> and I love should, it. Yeah. Throw, throw all the cautious, I don't know if I'm going to triple that, guys. And uh, you just let those guys sort themselves out because they'd give all, all kinds of room and there wouldn't be any uh, any issues whatsoever. I mean, if we might as well ride quads. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Let's, let's not do that. No, no, I'm uh, kidding. Not even a no. little bit. Uh, but I mean, if Tr- if Trey stays on track and and he does what he does, and I think he'll he'll still kill it, top ten for sure. 
Top ten for sure. Well, I, I think uh, based on the contract you signed, he's looking for some uh, some top five numbers. But you know what? When you look at the like when you're rolling into A one, you always like all right, yeah, like that guy can be top five. This guy can be top five. All of a sudden, you've got ten guys that should be top five guys. Somebody right. has to get tenth, and that's uh, right. what it, what it comes down to. Like there's, uh, I was like kind of itemizing things out for uh, with uh, a, a friend of mine last year, and I'm looking at him like legitimately. Chad Reed could get ninth here, like oh yeah, you know what I mean. And that's crazy to say. Like that's that's very like for a guy who in 2003 ripped off six uh, six Supercross races uh, in a row, uh, uh, like over the, the the greatest of all time, or uh, Ricky Carmichael. Um, like to say that yeah, he's he's gonna he's legitimately going to just like Gates gonna fall and he's gonna ride to the best of his ability and he's gonna end up eighth. That's uh, if anything speaks to the health of the sport as far as uh, talent in that premier class, it's exactly that. That uh, you can have guys like uh, Jake Weimer outside the top thirteen. Yeah, exactly. Those those guys are all fast and they're all on fast bikes and talent level is unreal in the top ten and. Trey could go, I, I could see him doing a top five one weekend and then the next weekend easily 10th. Yeah. That's how stacked that, that class is right now. Just based on uh, like somebody, he happens to have a not so great day and somebody else has a better day. Uh, it's um, it, it, it just exactly comes down to that. Who uh, who's, are the pro racers that you've looked up to uh, either now or uh, um, when you were growing up? Like obviously, you're a big tre- uh, Treadwell fan, but uh, over and above uh, that echelon, there's uh, the Ricky Carmichaels of the world, there's the James Stewarts of the world. I'd wonder who you're a big fan of. Yeah, besides, like, the New England guys, like Henry, JoJo, and Dowd, uh, you know, Chad Reed, I always looked up to him coming from Australia, doing it on his own and making it. Um, it's going to sound generic, but Stewart was always, like, one of my – I'm a huge fan of Stewart. Amen. Um, um, yeah, Robbie Raynard. I mean, that's going back a little bit, but um, just the, the gritty guys. Uh, Josh Grant, um, you know, I love to see kind of the underdogs that can still win is what I love to see. That's cool. So, uh, like, uh, in, in closing, uh, what, give me a prediction for Monster Cup next weekend. I know you probably don't know all the guys that will be starting the race, but uh, assuming that uh, your usual suspects are in there, your Sealy will be in there, uh, Ken Rox will be in there, Trey will be there, uh, they, like, basically, uh, I, I can't really think of anybody who will, will not be on the line except for maybe Barsha who won't be on there won't be there on a on a Suzuki. Uh what's what are your thoughts? What about Stewart? Is Stewart showing up on a on a TM or what? I don't know. <laughs> Stewart might show up on a KX eighty five for all I know. <laughs> and honestly if he does, everyone's in trouble because he was really good on that thing. But Oh uh, yeah he was. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm not too sure who uh, who I would pick, um, but yeah. or who like or who 
who's coming, uh, who's exactly coming, but uh, give, give me a, a, a slight prediction as far as uh, who's going to be where. Um, like uh, Ryan Dungey has some time off. He's, he's, he's for sure spent some time on a Supercross track. He's been very secretive about how much time he's been doing so. But uh, who, who do you give the nod to, or maybe who's your favorite coming in? Uh, I, I got to go with Roxon. I think Roxon for the win. Okay. Um, do you know if Webb's on a 450? He is. Okay, Webb. Um, I think it'll be a toss-up between Webb and Tomac for second. Okay, uh, so that's a that's a step forward for uh, for Tomac as far as last season's results go. And then you've got the uh, the reigning Supercross champion off your podium. Yeah, man. I I I think even though he's been riding, he doesn't he doesn't have that race experience like the other guys have. The okay. past few months. Just doesn't have those gate drops. The intensity yeah. would be there. Yeah, exactly. But I still, he could mix it up for the lead. But, um, yeah, those that's my top three for sure. Fair enough. Well, I think I think you're you're right in line. Um, it's uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see. For, absolutely, but uh, like um, honestly, Kyle, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. We're gonna have to do this again and make you a repeat offender on the uh, the Big MX Radio Podcast Show to uh, kind of pick your brain about some things down the line and. Um, but uh, before before I let you go, I need you to do your best impression of a of a team manager and construct a Supercross team for me, Supercross or Motocross, and uh, basically um, pick your bikes, three riders, uh, a series to race in, and uh, mechanics, and one dream title sponsor. So uh, if you if you could throw that down for me, I'd really appreciate it. Hmm. Um, let's see. Do they have to be uh current riders or mechanics? Does it matter? Just No, this is this is a kind of an all time dream team. Uh you could span a few eras if you wish, but uh basically uh like who these guys are, what they're riding, and uh who's spinning wrenches for them. Alright. Um I think we'd have to go full factory on my support. Okay. Um, I love it. Yeah. We'd put Roxton on a four fifty. We'd take Dungey on a four fifty and we'll throw Webb on a four fifty. We'll take those three guys. Um two fifty, uh we'd do Forkner. Uh go with Savachi and Jeremy Martin. So we got a six man team right there. Holy, you got and that's that's uh that's some pretty big budget, but clearly you've got a title sponsor that can pay all the bills. Uh like so so uh what though that's that's supercross outdoors the whole bit? Uh yeah, supercross outdoors, we'll just go big. Perfect. And then uh who who's wrenching for who? Like you, you just named six guys, you gotta be able to name six mechanics now. <laughs> Oh man! So we put. Let's take J Bone and skip Norfolk. Nice. And, uh, and they're gonna work. They're gonna work on everybody's bikes. They're wrenching. They're working they're just, overtime. They're 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 motor guy. They're suspension guy. They're uh, full chassis setup. Um, and they're just they're burning the midnight oil. They're 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 pit boarding for two <laughs> one and a half guys every moto. Uh, both 250 and 450. You got some busy wrenches there, but uh, who's your title sponsor? Who's uh, who's footing the bill for all this? 
Oh man, I can't. I couldn't think of anything better but throwing Apple in there. Apple, Apple that's big bucks, free phone. Yeah, buddy. I think think that's the way to go. Yeah, I could have Savachi with his three phones and stuff like that. Yeah, he'll be texting on the line, talking crap. There you go, and like a big Apple logo on the side of the helmets, and uh, just like just get the canvas MX jerseys with just a big Apple logo on the chest, like Superman. I like I like yep. your idea, man. It's uh, um, it, it's gonna it's gonna take some doing for you to convince the people over at Apple to make it happen. But if anyone has the budget to put that team together, it would be uh, Apple. Oh, for sure, they got it all day. Awesome, man. Well, uh, on behalf of everyone here at Big MX Radio, which includes myself, and that's it, uh, I really appreciate you coming on today, Kyle, to uh, to give us some insight on um, all things two wheels over in Massachusetts and do some serious bench racing with us. We will uh, get to editing this and have this out uh, by the end of your nap this afternoon, but uh, don't hang up just yet, man, but for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. All right. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate it. No problem at all. And make sure everyone go follow khang42 on Instagram. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by 100% Goggles. Be sure to head to Ride100%, that's R-I-D-E, 100-P-E-R-C-E-N-T.com to check out all available product, goggles, and a full rundown of the company itself. Also make sure that you check out racersindex.com to register and find yourself an industry job. If you're a mechanic looking for a job or if you're a rider looking for a job, go to racersindex.com. As always, thank you guys so much for listening and contact me at bradgebhart88 at gmail.com for any suggestions or review or feedback. Always appreciated. Thanks again for listening. Another day is nearly done A darker gray is breaking through a lighter one A thousand sharpened elbows in the underground That hollow hurried sound Feet on polished floor And in the dollar is closing up and counting loonies trying not to say I hate Winnipeg The driver checks the mirror seven minutes late The crowded rider's restlessness enunciates Guess who sucked? The Jets were lousy anyway The same route every day And in the turning lane Someone stalled a game He's talking to himself And hears the price of gas repeat his phrase I hate Winnipeg 
Arkansas Leaning into sky A golden business boy Will watch the north end die And sing I love this town Then let his arcing wrecking ball proclaim Winnipeg.